What's up, guys? Welcome back to Babe and the Braids podcast. I'm Allison the Babe. And I'm Isaac, the Braids, the Pony. As I say every time, my hairstyle is pretty inconsistent, actually. It's ever-changing. But currently, it's, I mean, might as well just change the name of the podcast to Babe and the Ponytail. For those of you with mixed hair, you, I mean, you know. You don't know what you're getting that day. <laughs> You might be braids one day. You might be pony the next. You might be feeling your curls and say, you know what? I'm letting them out to play. But for me, I don't know what I'm getting. So for the podcast, I'm babe in the braids and the pony and the and the fro and whatever. I mean, at this point, should we just change the name? To babe and we don't know what this man's about to do. Babe and Isaac. That's what we should change the <laughs> name to. Babe and Ike. Bike. Honestly. But... Moving on, um, if you guys are new to Babe in the Braids podcast, this is a podcast. We are in a relationship and we talk mainly about relationship issues and other issues that we deal with being a mixed couple, um, being from different backgrounds, different religions. Basically, we are just very different people, but we're also very similar. And so we talk about all of the things that we've experienced and Hopefully, some of the things that we talk about can help some of you. And if you hear my dog messing with the bone in the background, <laughs> I sincerely apologize. And I'm really trying to stop her with my foot. People have no idea, like, the uh, just from the race, religion, people have no idea, like, how much we're challenged on this stuff. Like, people don't understand. Like, when we talk about race, it turns into this ordeal of people telling us literally what our races are. People telling me about how I should say that I am. I'm like, where are you? I am me. What are you talking about? I'm literally half black, half white. Whole nother conversation. And when I say, when I say whole nother conversation, it's literally what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so if you guys are confused as to what Isaac is referring to, um, on our last podcast, if you guys didn't listen to it, I'd really recommend that you go and listen to it right now. But basically in our last podcast, we um, decided to talk about the Black Matter the Black Lives Matter movement and just kind of like what was going on in the world in general. And in that video, I said that Isaac is mixed. He is not fully black, but he is perceived as being fully black. So I got a lot of hate. People are hating. Yeah. People are hating. And here's the deal. I get frustrated because it's, it's people telling me like what race I am, which I am a hundred percent perceived as black. Like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, I introduce myself as black because again, that's how I'm perceived. But like, I would never take away from who I was growing up in my like life experience. My mom is white. My mom is a white Italian woman who, if you saw her, you'd probably probably wouldn't even think she was my mom. We we don't look yeah. the same. She's very white. Blonde she, hair, blue She looks eyes. more like she's my mom. And my dad is very black. Like, it, it, I would be robbing myself of my own racial experience if I didn't say that I was mixed. And if I didn't clarify at times that I'm perceived as black. Like, if I just walked around and said, hey, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black, which I am, right? I'm also equally white. So it's, it's just, it's a little bit more complicated than what people say. People come at Alley for saying it. Allie is, Allie is white. Allie is trying to navigate this world. Um, and, and she's not taking away from what's going on with, with black racial injustice, but there is a learning curve for white people. Let's not, let's not disregard that a necessary learning curve. So it's just annoying for me dating her, 
having a white mom, understanding the white experience, uh, especially from white people who genuinely care about what's going on right now. It annoys me when people come at her for slight terminology usage when it's accurate. Well, and I think, and I feel like people are going to hate on you for like defending me. Like, oh my God, her boyfriend, of course, is coming to like defend her. But I want to say this very blatantly. I said that in the podcast perceived as black instead of just like, oh yeah, my boyfriend is black because Isaac in the past, I have said, oh yeah, like black, blah, 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 blah. Or like I've said something and Isaac is like, well, I'm mixed. Like, don't say that. Like I'm mixed. So it's who I am. I am like, Isaac doesn't speak for all mixed people. He can only speak for himself, but he, ref he, like likes to own up to his white and black heritage, and then it's completely fine. I Who saw. Wouldn't, that, can well, I just interrupt you? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to own their their race, right? Like, who wouldn't want to? I be? mean, it's literally. I Isaac is white and black. Like, I would never call Isaac white. And I know everyone's going to be like, "Well, he's not perceived as white," and I understand that. That's but why that's I said perceived as black. Yeah, it's so frustrating. But I and it's I think. It's how you know it's going to be a good one, folks. <laughs> what I'm saying is I just wish people would be like or would empathize with me and realize like as a mixed individual in our society, he has struggled with identity. Mm -hmm. Like he has struggled with who he is racially. And it took me a long time, you know, in my time growing up to realize I, shoot, I am perceived as black. It took me getting pulled over by a cop and walking in grocery stores and getting eyes like I'm about to steal something for me to realize like, oh, shoot, I am like people see me as just black. They don't see me like I see myself as mixed and I'm I'm this melting pot of different cultures. They see me as black. I'm perceived as black. Doesn't mean I technically am 100 percent black. It means I am literally mixed and perceived as black. It's mm -hmm. just annoying. I get so annoyed with people. And I, if you're listening, I'm annoyed with the people who are saying this. I'll say it. I don't care. I think the comment that was most bothersome is there was a man that commented on the video and said that Allie keeps saying perceived as black. She is clearly trying to attribute Isaac mainly to his white lineage. Like she is trying to make him whiter than he is, which is so super, super annoying because when I look at Isaac, I love all of him. That includes his 50% being white and 50% being black. So I'm not going to discredit either the white part or the black part. Like I'm going to love Isaac as a whole. And I think it's super interesting right now, especially with like the world and like all these racial injustices and like the Black Lives Matter movement and everything and being mixed. I feel like, and I'm not going to speak for you be, but I, I can only speak from what you and I have discussed but I think people just like I, I don't know like you shouldn't be okay with being half white like I would say that you are like just as passionate about your dad's side as you are about your mom's side like you are purely mixed and yes you are perceived as black but you love every part of yourself I, I think what's even more important to point out is when situations like this arise I understand what the perception is. I understand that in today's world and in this current climate, I am black. Why am I black? Not because my parents are both black, but because of the perception. 
I know people are going to come at Ali and say, oh, she's saying that she appreciates his white side and his black side. She's trying to take away from his white side. No, she's simply recognizing that I am half white and I am half black, but her kids are going to be perceived as black. I am perceived as black. Doesn't mean that I am 100% black. It just is all about perception. It's mm-hmm. so frustrating. Like, I don't understand why that annoys people. When I when I talk in like I've been on news stations talking about all the racial injustice going on. When I talk, I talk as a black man. Why? Because that's a perception. Now, if we got into the nitty gritty, I would say, yeah, I'm an interracial individual in society. My mom is white. My dad is black. I appreciate both sides. But when I walk into a grocery store or when I when I have my fro out or when I gets pulled over, I am black. It's just it's so frustrating. I'm actually getting annoyed now thinking about these people that are just coming at you for no reason. Doesn't even make sense to me. I think when I think honestly, it's I don't even know what to say. I don't because I don't want to speak on something that. I just get even more hate. All I can speak from is my experience, my story, my relationship, me knowing Isaac. That's all I can speak on. And if Isaac is more comfortable with me saying he is mixed versus saying he is black, I'm going to say that. Like it doesn't even it doesn't even have to do with comfortability. It has to do with us dealing with these people's comments. It has to do with Allie recognizing when she has a little kid and she gets pulled over by a police officer, they're going to see a little black child as that child is perceived. And they're going to see a white woman. Mm-hmm. That child is mixed and perceived as black. It's just so dumb to me. Like, it, it, like this world of like how to deal with race and like terminology and stuff is complicated, right? And for people to come at you, it doesn't make sense to me. We are all fighting for the same stuff. Like if Ali is out protesting and grinding and I'm out protesting and grinding, we are literally selling shirts to donate to organizations that are empowering black communities. For us to sit here and focus on the term that we are using for a man and his how he's perceived by society is a waste of time. And I'll, I always quote Langston Hughes when talking about this. It's really making the line between white people and black people bigger. The thing that will help us more than anything is to try to get rid of those lines. At the same time, recognizing black history. And we're doing that same thing. We are recognizing that I am a black man and recognizing the the racial history that I have, which would be literally like who I am, my racial identity. I don't know. I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but it's just super annoying. Well, you're more than welcome to go off on a tangent. I know there are some I'm hot, so like, there are some of our listeners like in their car right now or at their computer and they're just like, "Yes, Isaac, like go ahead, speak." <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's just annoying. And I, and I, it's what people, again, what people don't realize is like how difficult it is as a mixed person in our society. We're such a small percentage. We're still perceived as minorities, but like our day-to-day experience with like white members of our family almost makes us feel white, right? Because they truly don't see us. They just see us as family. The family has no color. Um, and so like, again, some, I, w- I would say some family has some no color, does yeah. no doubt no doubt especially family by legal terms. Mm-hmm. The point that I'm trying to make is it is very complicated to go in my to my all white family, hang out with them, 
have discussions with them, feel in a sense white because I'm half white. And then again, I always go back to the getting pulled over by a police officer in recognizing, oh, okay, shoot. I, I definitely am perceived as black. That is difficult to deal with as a mixed individual in our society where race is so like heavy. Mm-hmm. And then you deal with these people who are like, oh, why are you talking about being perceived as like, are we serious? What are we even talking about? Why are we not? We should be protesting. We should be talking about other stuff other than the it's so I, I'm really going to stop because I'm well, going up. I, I do want to say this last thing, because I know a mom, a mother of two mixed kids commented on my channel and she was like, just so you know, like your boyfriend is perceived as black, like. I never look at my mixed kids and say like, oh, they're like mixed. Like they're going to be fine in life. She's like, oh, I'm like always going to be worried about them just because like they are perceived as black, but they're going to go through the same struggles as someone who is fully black. And I want to, I want to like not defend myself, but I guess better explain myself if I didn't explain it better. No, in the last you should podcast. literally defend yourself. Well, no, I don't need to defend myself because there's no defending that needs to be done. It's just me explaining myself because I really feel that I am completely right in the situation. I just think people are misunderstanding what I'm saying. So I will say if Isaac gets pulled over, yes, he's a black man. If why don't Isaac, you, why don't you use your children, your future children as the example? Because we don't have names for them. That's deep, but just mm-hmm. use your mixed babies. Okay. If my son gets pulled over, I understand he is a black man getting pulled over. He's not a a mixed kid getting pulled over. He's a black man. And I fully understand that. But I think what I was speaking from in the last podcast is I'm not taking away from his lineage. Like I'm not taking Isaac away from like being half white, but I'm also not saying like, Oh, he shouldn't get pulled over. He is half white. Like I'm, I'm that's very ignorant. Like I can't even comprehend even me even having that type of thought. Like all I'm saying is, he is half white. Am I like glorifying that part of him? No. But am I saying he is perceived? Exactly. I'm just recognizing it. So I just wanted to say that because, and if any of you like feel like you have something to say to me, completely fine. Like my comments are wide open. I'm totally open to communication because if I need to do some educating, I'm more than willing to. But I will say like in this instance, how can you look at, like this person you love who is mixed and then he tell you like, oh yes, I am perceived as black, but I am mixed. And how can you be like, oh, well, no, you're wrong. You're black. I like, I don't have a say here. All I can do is like treat this situation with as much respect and like knowledge that I have. I I can't even, I mean, let's just read some of these comments. Yeah. So, I mean, we went off on a 15 minute tangent, but, um, it's so, I, can I just say one more thing? Absolutely. The term that I like to use, it, it, it is like absolutely exhausting. It is exhausting as a mixed individual to deal with these things. Like, and it's important to recognize, but at a point it becomes like counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, we're not accomplishing a goal right now discussing these things and it's petty like it is exhausting like me trying to explain myself and my identity what are we talking about like i totally get if like i i maybe would get if a mixed person was like hey man we should really rethink the way that we talk about our race okay bet let's talk about it 
But we're dealing with people who are from a different race, either 100% white or 100% black or whatever. And they're telling me like how I, what I should call myself. Well, and I think it's more bothersome to me that I posted a like 45 minute long podcast and that's all you take away and you find the, a way to criticize me when I'm talking about bigger problems in our world that have to do with black men being killed on the street. So how about we like hold off on the criticizing comments on me for a second and let's put all of our focus towards the black community. How about that? It's low key super true. I mean- Literally a man brutally murdered by a police officer based on his color. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about the use of, quote, perceived as black, end quote. (laughs) Had to throw the end quote in there. (laughs) But it's just dumb. Let's. (laughs) And that's all we're going to say on the topic. So. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Basically. Before we got off on our tangent. Um, Big tangent. So, just read. You got to just fire okay. some of these off. So the topic for the podcast today is that we are going to go through some of the comments and questions some of the YouTube subscribers had. Because if you didn't know that this podcast is also available to watch on YouTube. So whenever I'm interacting with you guys, I'm always on YouTube and asking you guys questions. Yeah. So... Basically, I put up a a post and I said, do you guys have any questions or things you want us to cover in the next podcast or questions for Isaac being a person of color in today's world? And we got got some some of those. Yeah, we got some feedback. And I will say, I feel like all of this feedback is going to be a little bit more positive because these are people who follow me and like receive the notifications. So I will say it's probably biased questions, but I did read like. And thank you to those people. I did briefly read some of these and I will say they are like, there are some like challenging questions that make you think. So you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, um, the first question is from a girl named Alexa and she said, what is your response to those who are criticizing the rioting and looting, but staying silent otherwise? So the people that are criticizing the looting and that's all they're doing. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not saying like black lives matter, but let's stop the looting. They're literally just saying, we'll stop the looting. Well, I would say a couple things. One more than anything. Is this about to be old Ike's podcast? Am I about to just answer these? <laughs> no, but you are you are a black man. Yeah, no. Okay, let me answer the question. So I would say one thing. Like, offer a solution or offer a counter. 400 years of slavery, black people couldn't even vote 60 years ago, and now it's 2020 and we're still dealing with these things. People are going to make what some would call irrational decisions. But it's, it's just kind of a product of the environment, right? Or, or not a product of the environment, but it's a product of the history. So my thing is, if you're going to criticize it, be in support and offer solutions, right? Like, you don't just have to criticize and be like, those people are dumb. Um, offer a solution. Hey, you know, looting's not necessarily the right way to do it. What I think we could do is we could get a group of people and not move until changes are made. I don't know. I just, I I get super annoyed. I think if you're going to criticize, you have to recognize the history and then maybe say, hey, stealing's maybe not the best plan of action, but I totally understand why they're unhappy. Um, And then the second thing is just the support. It's just to be an ally. And I think being a white woman, when all this is going on, 
well, a white woman in general. I mean, not just while this is going on, but I think being white, I cannot tell the black community how they can or can't be oppressed. That is just showing white privilege right then and there. I mean, how am I going to look at a black community who is hurt, who is scared, who is worried to go on a run, worried to go and write a check, worried to go to sleep at night next to their boyfriend? How, how am I, a white woman, going to tell them how they can and can't be oppressed? I want to point first out, thing. It's not just white. it's not just white people saying that. About the okay. looting. No, I'm, I'm just saying that from my, my perspective. Okay, fair enough. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. The second thing is I believe that there are people who are taking advantage of the rioting and choosing to loot. I'm not going to say all people who are looting are, for, are in the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm not saying all aren't. But I will say that you have to look at something as intense as looting and like setting buildings on fire, you ha- it has to like catch your eye. And I think the most frustrating thing for me is there was a post going around my Facebook and it was from people from my hometown. <laughs> and it was like, you had our attention until you set that building on fire, until you set that car on fire, until you fired that shot, until you stole that. And I was like, so all of a sudden black lives don't matter because of one building because of one car. Like it's so absurd. Hello, wake the (laughs) F up. Like, are you kidding me? And so, no, I'm obviously not in support. Like I'm not going to go out and build, burn a building, but I will throw on a black t-shirt and I'm going to bring a sign and I will go out there and protest and I will fight for what is right. I'm not going to go out there and like loot and like, take advantage of a situation and like make the black lives matter movement look even like look worse. I'm not going to do that, but yeah, it's absurd. I I just think if you like, I cannot speak on it as a white woman. I can't, I mean, people who are quick to criticize before they say something are clearly not like, are clearly not for, no, are clearly not for human rights. It's not, it, this isn't political. This is blo- like human rights. I would, this is, I'm totally going to disagree with Allie. I think this is political. I how, think this is 100% how political. Is, how is a black man being shot political? I just think there's like systemic racism. There's policy change that needs to happen. Like, I think, yes. I think too many people are saying this is human rights. Like, it is human rights, but it is like very, very much p- political. If we all understood that human rights from that perspective, that there's something wrong, even with women's rights, if we recognize that there's something wrong and we all agree, women are still making less on the dollar than men are. That's 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 the system. So it is definitely political, it, but it also is human rights, mainly human rights. But policy has to change. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you're yeah. saying. But I, yeah. I, I think it all starts from like one moment like you have to fight for like black men and women to stop being killed and then let's then then let's keep fighting let's fight until there are colored people in office there are women in office like let's keep fighting i agree so i think it all starts and like stems from like something small so that's that's my perspective i couldn't agree more let's move on to the second question 
So Brandon said, I think that it would be extremely helpful and beneficial to those in interracial relationships and your viewers in general if you discussed what your conversation was like regarding Amy Cooper and the racism of white women. I have been in an interracial relationship and white... What's that word? Anecdotal. (laughs) I have found that white women in interracial relationships have an easy time acknowledging and discussing something like police brutality, but the conversations are not always easily had when discussing the history of how white women have weaponized race like the cases of Emmett Till and Christian Cooper. That's... I mean, do you do you know all those? Uh, do you know the Emmett Till and? Yes, Emmett Till was killed. Basically, he was like, yeah, I, I know, I know the case. He was like murdered. Well, he wasn't murdered, but he was put to death. And then these no, two. No, he was murdered. Oh well, well okay. He, yes, put to death or murdered, put to death. Either way, and then these two white men said that they did it, but they blamed a black man. So yeah, so basically, he was accused of raping this woman. And then was just killed. Yeah. Because of it. When he, um, he did not do it. And then white men came out and said that they had done it. I think we'll answer the question. Well, th- and Okay, let's talk about Amy Cooper. Let's talk about Amy Cooper because I am disgusted that a woman who clearly is not in any way, shape, or form in danger... Like, she is looking at this man's skin color like he has a gun. I He is violent. He is an oh, Afri- African-American. Ta- yeah, I, it's the woman in the park with the dog. Yeah. I That the man was bird watching, and he said, leash your dog. And now, all of a sudden, he's violent, and it, you're scared? It just, it's difficult. It really just depends on who you're talking to. Like, I think... Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. My thought would be that I think some white women might see themselves in that situation and be like, well, I'd be scared. That's a problem. Um, I also, I, I would like to recognize that I do think that there's like a lot of like, what, I don't, I don't, this is like a super touchy question to deal with. I just think there are cases of white women who, you utilize white privilege a, a million percent i think they i mean well I, I would argue to say that everyone who is white utilizes white privilege inadvertently but i i think i mean you saw it in notre dame i mean it's it's there there were cases and we, we can we can reference this now i'm not going to reference names but there were cases where there were cases where where white women were for sure taken advantage of sexually and for those women, whatever needs to be, uh, whatever actions need to be taken towards the men, like I agree tenfold, right? Like I, I'm, I, it's like, it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. A minority, or not a minority, but a small fraction of those cases, there were w- women utilizing, again, white privilege to, to, to basically. Over someone who was black. Embarrass exploit and not even exploit because they're not doing anything wrong but just like ruin a black person a black male's life so you know i don't know it's difficult i don't think there's a right answer Allie and i in those cases it's touchy because we recognize that you know like sexual abuse and sexual harassment and rape is very very serious 
but you know, like we said, there's cases where it's where where people take advantage of their status racially. Yeah, it's tough. There's no. It's it's a tough question. It really is. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's. We can, I, I don't really know. I don't really I mean, know what else to say other than like, yes, it's done. Would I ever do it to you? No. But are there women out there that would? Yes. Are there women out there that would lie and just? Oh my God, that black man! I, I wake up the next morning, you regret your decision because you slept with this random guy, and you're like, "Oh my God!" Like this black man raped me. Like it. I think it's. Let's just leave it at this, and we're gonna move on from this question. I think there is like a bad perception of the black male in society that is like hypersexualized, hyper aggressive. And just like the connotation is not great. And so I think in a regretful morning wake up, I hate using this example because it's not, it's not always, it's not like people that are raped always wake up and they're like, I regret this and I'm going to blame somebody. No, again, small fraction of the cases. I think in some cases it happens and it's easy Mm -hmm. to prey on the idea that black people, black males are, are seen this way. But like I said, we can move on because it is a touchy, 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 touchy uh, area to talk about. And I, 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 yeah, I, we can just leave it at that. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on. That was a heavy one. Who said that? Um, Brandon. Big Brandon with the deep questions. But hey, I like when people challenge us. I'm not mad about it. I do appreciate it. It definitely opens your eyes. I mean... I, I'll say this. I hadn't even, I went to Notre Dame for four years. The amount of sexual assault cases were through the roof. And it's probably the first time that I've thought about it from that perspective. It's just tough because of the amount of cases that are like 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an ongoing issue. I mean, honestly, I think, I think the rape topic is even like, a touchy subject because I think a lot of men would say that women aren't raped. They're asked, they're asking for it. So I think Which it's, is a huge it's an issue. even bigger topic than like what we're talking about. But I do agree. Like race plays a huge part in like the rape like topic because well, it's easy for a white woman to say that black man raped me and then go and in court and it stands up. I because wish everyone's going to believe the white girl who was scared and crying. <laughs> like, I wish I would have uh, said this, said this from the jump, but it again it goes back to the it, there being a political issue. There's like an issue with the way that black people are tried. It's not just rape. It's not just stealing stuff. It's not just gun laws or or drug laws. It's everything. I mean, let's talk about Brock Turner, white guy raped a girl and and got caught by two men, and well, he had went like to six jail. Six months probation. He went. Didn't he? he no. He went to jail for like four months, and then he like the judge said that he could go to he could go home because it was too much for him. It's so absurd. like what? we we could listen, Brandon. We could keep going. I feel like you understand, and I feel like now you really understand that Allie and I can have these conversations, and we just talk about it straightforward. It takes an open minded attitude from both parties. Um, Okay, so the next question is from Jessica, and she said, um, I'm going to ask a question, and I mean this in the kindest way possible. Oh, gosh. And I know that 
being white, you can be worried to ask a question because you don't want to come off as offensive, but you want to educate yourself. So I understand and I appreciate you for saying that. Talk to him, Big and Jessica. And said, I am going to ask a question. What is your take on a white person telling a person of color, I am here for you, I am with you, and I'm going to take a stance for you? stands for you, etc. She said, I want to show support, although I'm a white person. I want to show I'm taking a stance, but I don't want to offend telling a person of color that I telling a person of color that because I fear they might think I'm embarrassing them or something to that effect. Can you please share your opinion? Shoot. Yeah. I mean, so I'll say this. I mean, I can't, yeah, I mean, I really can't speak on this. It's a two headed monster. I think you a hundred percent need to just be there. I think like it's such a weird time and I I do feel like again I'm mixed. I feel the white side. I feel like where my family comes from on the white side. Where there's so much information and so much going on, a lot of them are going, "What do I do? I don't even know what to do. I'm lost. I care. My heart hurts. I'm in tears." But they don't know what to do. I think what you can do more than anything is just be there. Right? Show up for protests. Show action. Don't be posting dumb stuff that's irrelevant to what's going on because you're worried about yourself and like narcissism. Focus on what's going on and and don't stop pushing it. There's a girl, uh, Sydney, is that her name? Uh, Emily's friend? Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay, I, if she randomly watches this, this girl, she's white. She's probably like 28. She does not stop posting about Black Lives Matter. Do that repost listen be there so that's one side um and then i i let me let me think about what the other side well i will say this because i want to go off hold on before i don't want to lose it (laughs) be there and then uh what was the other side (laughs) i got off on the Lindsay or whatever her name is tangent i say that's disrespectful you're gonna just have to edit this i just need because before you start i I want to finish my point um, we were talking about being an ally. I'm here for you. Should they tell a black person I'm here with you? And you said, well, first things first, like go out there, protest, be obnoxious on Instagram, like whatever. I'm just going to say, and don't feel like you have to do too much. Don't no. I, oh, no, no. I know what, remember what it was. And the second thing is have the difficult conversations with your peers. Like most white people have probably had racial encounters with other white people. Have those difficult conversations. It's it's table talk that's brought to light both in politics and in day-to-day life that is it, that is causing this issue. So just have the difficult conversations. Show up, listen, be an ally, and have the difficult conversations within white households that black people otherwise couldn't have. Mm-hmm. And th- this is all I'm going to say on this subject because I am white and I have white privilege, so I can't really speak for Isaac or the black community. But I can say um, something that we encountered with one of our neighbors and it was happening when all of the protests in Huntington Beach were happening and him and his wife went for a walk. He is a black man. And so him and his wife went for a walk with their two dogs and he's like, yeah, usually I like go, I get my coffee. I'm smiling at people. We're saying good morning. And this is like one of the day of the protests. And he was like, Nobody looked at me. Everybody <laughs> looked down and he was like, I felt so unwelcome in my own community. And when I think about that, the, if I, I wouldn't say go up to a black person and say like, 
thank you or I'm sorry or be brave. Like, I don't know that I would necessarily do that, but treat black people the same way you treat white people. Smile, say good morning, open the door, like treat everybody as equal and saying equal, hoping that you treat people with respect. Yeah, I don't, it's, it's super tough for me. I mean, I, I know I already answered, but I don't think you need to go OD. OD meaning overdose, meaning don't do too much. <laughs> I just think that's the problem. Like people see black people now and they're like, oh God, I got to tell them something. What do I say? Let, just be there. Just be there. Isaac and I were at a protest and some girl like smiled at her at Isaac and was like, thank you. I'm like, <sighs> she blew me. A, I'm like, I don't even know how to respond. Did she blow you a kiss? She went, we're with you. And I'm like, oh. I get it. And like, it's power. It really is powerful. It really is. But it can, it can almost be like, you're just doing that for you. Now you feel better. Yeah. I don't feel more empowered because you did that. You just feel better. But if, I mean, like if someone's acting like, oh, like how was your day? Or like, I think, oh my God, that's a cool sweatshirt. Where'd you get that? Like, I think it's just being a good person. But and that's, like, that's surface level. If you want to, if you want to really like have the conversation with a black person, come up to them and say like, what, it, what is it like day to day as a black person? I don't understand. You think, you think uh, like everyone would be comfortable with that? I think like people who are woke and understand what's going on and care about racial injustice in the black community. If you said, hey, I j can I please just hear your perspective? What do you if you ask somebody, what do you think I should do? I don't know what to do, but I care and my heart hurts like maybe they say don't say anything. Maybe they say, hey, post. Maybe they say show up to this protest. Maybe they say donate money. That is more productive than going up to somebody and saying I'm with you. It's actually crazy because, well, I'm not going to go off on too big of a tangent, but Janine, um, she's a pretty big YouTuber and Isaac and I are friends with her and like we've hung out with her a few times and she actually went to her gym Equinox and there was a black man like at her smoothie bar and she went to go talk to him and she was like, yeah, like, is there anything I can do for you? Like pray for you? Like, and I'm like, I know this must be tough for you. And he like, like un raveled his entire story and she was like wow like I like I'm gonna pray for him like I it's like deep. I want to advocate I want to be an ally like I think it's just being out there and like you know what to do you don't yeah and, and I, know, I, know, I know like Jessica probably isn't like oh okay like no Jessica we're doing I think we're deep diving, we're out but. here we're out, we're we're <laughs> as they say fam we're chilling but what I'm saying is uh you know, like I see tons of posts from close white friends. And how many of those people have just asked me like, bro, what's your what, what has been your experience? Have you been pulled over by somebody and been treated wrong? Like, do you feel like you've dealt with racism? People from my high school, my high school was not racially woke. None of those people are hitting me up like, hey, man, just I just want to talk to you about what's going on. I had racist stuff happen in my high school within the last month. <laughs> and called the people out and what they what did they do they apologized for what they did but they never once asked me like man i just want to hear from your perspective what it was like so i guess what i'm trying to say is have the conversations you don't need to apologize you don't need to you didn't do anything you're asking the question you get it you're woke. you're the woke one just it's it's just a deeper understanding well and and jessica be, be I'm, not, I'm not firing off it's all love <laughs> i might Whatever, we're but chilling. Also, be the change. Be, be the change. Mm -hmm. um, next question. 
I feel like my voice like all of a sudden is like, okay, next question, like super like podcasty. But um, the next question is from Irene. And she said, this question is for the both of you. Talk to him. Have, 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 had either of you had to walk away from friends or family that were against your relationship? I'll, sp- I mean, I'll we, speak I, on this one first. I just, can we from now on refer to Irene as Big Rain? Okay. What, what do you say now, Big Rain? Um, I'll speak on this one first. I don't know what Irene looks like. I don't want to say she's that. She's actually really cute. Well, Irene, I just always like with my good friends, like Michael Badgley, for instance, he lives here. I say, what do you say now, Big Badge? And I just thought big is a term of endearment. So okay. Big Rain, we're about to answer this. Okay, now we're off topic. Um, I will say... From my perspective, and I'm sure we've covered this before, but I don't think I've really talked deeper into like the friends aspect. My family is very, I don't even know the word to say, but they're, I mean, they don't. Racially woke. Racially, or they just treat everybody as equal. So in my family, we have people who are gay, people who are lesbian, um, people who are married to um, people of a different race, someone who is married to a black man, like, my family is very diverse. They are like the definition of modern family. So when it comes to my family, no. I've never had to tell my family no or like break off a relationship. Mm. But with that being said, it's not the same for my friends. So when I first started dating Isaac, there was a guy I was friends with. Bummy and boy. immediately, like the first picture I'd ever posted with Isaac on my Instagram. Called me a monkey. No, he didn't. Somebody else did. Yes. Hold on. Um, he ref- he Snapchat Snapchatted me and said, are you really dating a N-word? To which I screenshotted the picture and he was playing hockey at Michigan State. I don't really care about saying it now because, I mean, he doesn't play there anymore. But I screenshotted it and I was, I was talking to Isaac and I was like, you know what? I should send this in. And he was like, you know what? Let's like... Let's just like think about it for a while. So, dude's a bum. Well, this dude's a bum. That's just one instance. I wish it was so, like, 2020. This dude literally would not have graduated. He would no, not he have had. graduated. Okay, but moving on, the, I know I have. I'm sorry, Big Green. I have friends who have said, oh, my parents would never approve of me dating a black guy, but like your boyfriend talks white. So to me, that is racist. So you are racist and you just think it's okay for me to date Isaac because he is up to your standards. And I completely disagree with that. And I have eventually pushed those people out of my life because I just don't agree with their mindset. And I think it's ignorant and close-minded. So when it comes to that, yes, I have lost friends, but I am okay with losing those friends because they're not really friends. They're shitty people, to be I, honest. They're bummy boys. Irene, that's what we use for people who are not good people. You're a bummy boy. <laughs> You're a bummy boy. I've never been in a room full of all white people, ever. Because I'm always the dude who's quote-unquote black. Hey, What? Like I, I, what I'm saying is like, people don't make racist comments in front of me unless they're oh. at me and they're just really that racist. Whoa. But people that I'm close with, I've never been sitting around with friends and I'm, there's no black people present. So like, I, there's a wall there. There's a wall there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to answer mean, that. I mean, nobody in your family would ever like disown you in their family because no, you're dating my a family white. Is- well, I'm saying because you're dating a white girl because you're literally half white. So 
I do know on Isaac's side of the family, and like I'm not going to speak to this tons, but I do know there is like people in your family who don't really approve of their um, sons or daughters dating the opposite race being white. Yeah, that's a whole it's a whole another conversation, not necessarily something that uh, that I've I've experienced personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't have to talk about that, but I'm. I mean, I've d- I've definitely experienced it, and I think it's I've experienced it more than I even realized, just because like, I just don't end up hanging out with those people. Like, no doubt, it, it's a gradual thing. Some are very abrupt, but some are gradual. Uh, moving on, Danny G. Big, what do you say now, Big Dan? My question is: Will you guys talk to your kids about race when you have them in the future, and at what age will you talk to them about it? We actually have never talked about this. The kids are their whole life is going to be talking about race. They're everything. They're everything. I mean, it's like you have to. I want our kids to be just so racially woke. I hate when people say, I don't want my kids to see color. I want my kids to very much recognize color. The thing is, when people say, I don't want to see color or I don't see color, I'm like, as a mixed person in society, I have to fully recognize like color. Like I come from so many different places, I I would be, I would be missing the point as a interracial person in society if I didn't see color. Our kids will be like, as soon as they can recognize that they're consciously present, they'll be talking about race. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> and know, from the start, I've I've talked about I talked about this in the last podcast, and I briefly touched on it, but. There are some um, like white mothers and fathers saying that like my kid is too young to talk about racism. But this isn't if, a you're, drug. if your child is black, that your child is like growing up and knowing racism. So the child is never too young to talk about it. it. I think it's more like comprehending it and like knowing what it means. Um, but in the case of like like when we're going to talk about it with our kids, I don't think it's ever going to be like a sit down discussion. I think it's going to be like it's a lifestyle, literally always talking about it and like always being open with it with our kids and whatever you want to talk about, we're going to talk about. And Isaac is half white and I am white. So I don't know how dark our kids will be. And I say that because how dark you are perceived by cops and other people definitely plays into it. But it will be a tough conversation when it, it comes to the day where we have to have a conversation with our child regarding like, if you get pulled over, do not go in your back pocket, do not do this. And I say that specifically because if I'm white and like me, if I get pulled over and I reach in my back seat and pull out a bag, the cop is not, you think he's really going to pull a gun on me and shoot me? No. But if Isaac does that same shit, of course he is. He's going to pull a gun and maybe even kill him. So these are conversations that I want to like be more educated on, but I'm not pregnant yet. So I mean, I have a long time to learn and I think it's even more diving into like Isaac's side of the family and learning about what I can do as a white mother to benefit my child's life and be educated on it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I told y'all, listen, these kids are talking about race, understanding races, where they come from, who they are, their identity from the jump. And I mean, your mom had a responsibility raising a, a black child. And I feel like 
everybody looks to the white mom raising a black child and like waits for the, like their like speech or like educational moment and like put so much pressure on them. But like they're raising their baby like there, there's so much that goes into it. Listen, you just talk about it from the job. Here, here. I mean, it's, my kids it's will simple. be raised that they're not to be judgmental of anybody else's lifestyle. If you want to love, if you're a woman and you want to love another woman, I applaud you for like, I applaud you for that. Like if you're a man that wants to love a woman, I applaud you for that. If you're a black man that wants to love a white woman, I applaud you for that. If you're Asian, like it does not matter. And I want my kids to like grow up. You're right, Isaac. Like I don't want my, I don't want to raise my kids not seeing color. I want my kids to grow up appreciating color, appreciating culture, appreciating that we live in a world we are able to do whatever we want. It is our life. Well, it's not true, but I get what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah. <sighs> Moving on. Isabel. What is Isaac's take on some Instagram stories being shared, particularly by white people? Keep sharing them. Also, is not posting an Instagram story on the subject mean your silence means compl- complicit? Compliant? Basically, I, like, do you think if somebody doesn't post about racial injustices and Black Lives Matter, do you think that they are racist or do you think they are not for the movement? What do you, well let me let's let me ask you this what is like what is social media a platform like but for you to do what advocate well not I mean okay people, like talk about I mean, we'll talk about everything I mean it's basically like a storybook it's like a movie it's like it's, a it's, it's like the news it's quote unquote who you are yeah so I don't think you have to be you know going crazy but I think like if if you're posting stuff and every time you post something, it's it's you trying to explain who you are and you have not posted something about this. I think you, that kind of shows who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like you put up a picture of you out with your friends on Friday night. You're like, oh, I'm a person who likes to have fun and go out with my friends. Okay. <laughs> I post football pics because I play football. I like to play football. But <laughs> What is that? No, I'm kind of joking around. But I'm saying like, it's who you are. So, like, if you're about it, be about it. It's okay. Like, you don't have to feel bad for doing it. Um, I th- my thought would be a lot of people are scared they're going to offend their friends and they're going to have to deal with questions. Black people deal with questions on a daily basis. So, my point is, it's who you are. Go out. I mean, go out of your comfort bubble and, and let's roll. I'll also say, if you're worried to, to post something for the Black Lives Matter movement and you're worried because you're scared about the feedback from your friends or family you probably should surround yourself with better people and people who are more open and willing to talk about those topics. This is, this is Isabella, right? Yes. We're, we're assuming a lot about Isabella here. You know, no, Isabella, no, 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 no. I don't know. We don't know how our friends are, but no, but she's asking a question. I'm, I'm just like, I'm not saying that she is like not posting. I'm just saying for people who are not posting, is there a reason you're not posting? Because here's, here's my issue. For the social media blackout, when everybody was posting those black pictures, it it was like really cool waking up and like seeing everybody being unison and agreeing that like things need to change. But then the next day it was normal, and it it was very 
apparent to me that there are certain people who are doing it just because it's like, oh, it's a trend. It's a movement. Oh, look, I'm going to post this because everybody else is. But what are your actions after that black social media post? Are you still advocating? Are you still educating? Are you educating yourself? Are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? What are you doing after you post that black picture? And if you're just posting a black picture and going back to regular life, I think you should reevaluate what's going on in your life. And I mean, are you experiencing white privilege? Like, yeah, how is your life different than say, yeah, say George Floyd's family? Like, how are you dealing with things right now versus them? It's interesting because if Allie stops posting about it, her life, assuming she's not dating a black dude, goes back to normal. My life, if I stop pushing, returns to a world where I'm where I'm still scared about getting pulled over by cops. I'm still dealing with day to day racism by random ignorant people, and that's complicated. So it is a it is a form of white privilege to stop posting about it, because in, in a sense, a lot of white people are saying, "Well, there's enough going in the right direction. Black people are doing enough and have the have the ears of of white decision makers." That I can stop posting about it. So it's interesting. These, I mean, Elizabeth can kind of deal with Isabel. these. Isabel. <laughs> My bad, big Isabella. Um, Isabella, you can deal with these these topics kind of on your own and deal with and kind of process what we're saying. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, again, all love, Isabella. It's complicated well, for white people. She had a few more questions. And she Talk went, to him, big she, Isabella. <laughs> she even said at the, at the bottom of her paragraph, it goes... Sorry, there's a lot there. <laughs> She's a sweetheart. But um, the next thing, we've kind of already touched on this, and she said, I have also seen white mothers of black children sharing posts along the, along the, line, along the lines of not seeing color. What is your take? So these are, these are women, these are white women raising black babies. And I don't get it. I think that's in... Why, why? You, you're, if you have a black baby and you're a white mom... Your your kids' ancestors went through four hundred years of slavery and couldn't vote sixty years ago. I if you have a black kid, my black kid, you need to be teaching that kid about that. That kid needs to be empowered by that, assuming that at that point society is is treating blacks and whites equally. Um. So for you to uh to not to push your white culture on that child or like act like. Oh, well, they have a white mama. Like, I'm going to raise them to be white and to be whatever being white means. But, like, to I'm going to raise them to do this. To embrace and that, their like, white side. Yes. And to not okay. embrace their black side, I think that's a recipe for disaster. And, I mean, Isaac said <laughs> we're not that, We're not parents, so we're not going to sit here and, and go crazy. But No, but, I mean, I, I am friends with somebody who said, like, they're – like their family member is they have a white mother, but they are mixed and they have a lot of problems like identifying with the black community, but identifying with the white community and they have a lot of problems with that. And so I think it, I think it creates a lot of problems. I think you need to see your child's color and love it. And I love my, my child's black skin color. I'm teaching them all about their culture, all about the history. And I am like, I, I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not teaching them that makes them forget that when they get stopped by a police officer, they're perceived as black. 
those are the types of issues that might arise if you if you choose the like other scenario, which is not explaining to them the culture and about the George Floyds. You're connected to George Floyd. You're connected to Breonna Taylor. You're connected to these people. So I think it's super important to teach teach your your black kids about this if you're a white mom. Um, then she said, generally, as I've tried to educate myself as a white person, I've understood this as offensive as it doesn't take in the individual struggle of a black person and what their skin color symbolizes. Then I guess also begs the question, can white mothers with black children also be sometimes a small part racist? Listen, I dated a, I dated a white girl who, who came from interesting backgrounds. And I can only imagine what our children would have dealt with, right? So I think, I think no doubt. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know, it's a complicated question. We're not in that situation, so it's extremely hard for us to answer. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I'm sure there are, there are people out there who have black children, but are racist towards black people in general. I think it's, I think it would be just as a mixed kid might recognize the experience he has as a black man and as a white man dealing with white people who accept him, he would rather be white because of what society says about black people. In the same way, a white mom raising black kids might recognize that she might rather, she she might uh, prefer her kids being white versus black. So because of that, she's stripping them of their black heritage therefore making them in her eyes more white. So you can call that racist. You can call that preferential treatment or preferential brainwashing, whatever it is. Um, I think that's kind of how I process that. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. Hey guys, I have a question for Allison. on a daily basis. How much racism or hatred do you receive on social media for being in an interracial relationship with a black man. Well, we just explained it too. Like well, these people will be firing <laughs> off. It's not even my question. <laughs> I'm going to say I have not received any hate that wasn't racial. So I've never. Oh, you're saying all of it is racial. I'm, I'm, I've never received hate. Like someone has been like, okay, girl, stop. Like you should just like cut out the first five minutes of your, your video. I don't see that as hate. Nobody has ever been like, get this white girl off a of TV. Like she needs to shut up. Like no one has ever said that. So all of my hate is because I'm dating Isaac. And um, I, I don't know what else to say about that. Does it bother me? Absolutely it bothers me because it, because when I look at Isaac, he is the love of my life. And the people. fact that the fact that people are hating on me only because of him, it just shows. I mean, did you did you what's where's that post that you posted about the comment? You know how you put that picture oh, up about yeah. comments? Yeah. Go look at these comments. These people, they're like, congrats, you're signing up for a lifetime of domestic violence. everyone's like yeah like another comment once you go black you become a single mom so i come on and i know some people are gonna be like oh my god you like you're white and you have white privilege and because you're dating a black man you are able to see his oppression and like you like you're just claiming oppression when you don't have it and honestly 
it, that, that it just shows even more hate. Like I'm damned if I do. And I'm damned if I don't, people are going to hate on me for no matter what they're going to hate me Talk because me. I'm dating Isaac because he's in the, the NFL. Oh, he's not a real black man because he's in the NFL. He has money. Okay. But um, they're going to hate on me if I defend like meeting him in college. Oh, like you were just like preying on his potential. Like people are going to hate on me no matter fucking what. So I really can't please any of you. And that's not what this podcast is for. This podcast is to talk, talk to about him. my relationship and my story and tell you how Isaac and I have gotten through these things. So like, I hate to get like very combative in this situation, but honestly, I don't, I don't hate to get combative because people are going to come at me no matter what they're going to say. I'm either racist or I'm like attributing Isaac to being more white than he actually is. Or, Oh my God, he's an NFL player. He has money. That's why your parents accept him. Like, Fucking no. Maybe it's just me and a man in a relationship. My parents love him because mm. they love him. And I love him because I love him. Give her, like, give her a second mic. Isaac, stop. <laughs> give her a second mic. No. It's people. That's what I'm going to say. Like on YouTube. And like there is this man harassing me on Instagram. He's posting man keeps on, making different profiles. Well, he's on three or four different. Like it's embarrassing. It, I mean, I have not. No, there's Bro, you're no, a grown man. No, there's another one. Well, hold on, Isaac. Hold on. There, like, there are people who are harassing me, and it's all because of my boyfriend's skin color. Does my boyfriend's skin color really bother you that fucking much that you have to make multiple Instagram posts, that you have to take time of your day to let me know how bothered you are by my boyfriend's skin color? And then people are like, oh, you're just a gold digger. You just want his blah, blah, blah. Like, get the fuck over it. Like, this is why, and when I look at Isaac, I don't see just a man I love. I love Isaac being black. I love Isaac being white. I love the fact that he's athletic. Am I dating him because he's in the NFL? No. Am I dating him because he has tons of money? No. Am I dating him just because he's black? No. Am I dating him because he's half white? No. Literally, I love Isaac's personality. I love the man he is. I mm. love his family. We I need love to have more podcasts. <laughs> it. I can, I think I could like talk about this time and time again. People, I think, I, yeah. I, but, but my thing is people are going to hate on me no matter what, just because of my boyfriend, they're going to find a fault in me just because of my boyfriend. And hate. honestly, if I have anything to say to you, I'd say fuck off. <laughs> this, is, think, this is why, <laughs> this is why, uh, uh, white parents back to you, Isabella should teach their kids about what goes on in the black world. <laughs> it's what she just said is a daily issue on social media. It's just a, People, it's just a fraction of it, but we'll move the, on. We don't need to. Don't well, need I'm going to say, I'm going to say one, to I'm going to say one last thing before Talk the next question. Him. We only have one more question. Mm. The most racist thing that you can do is find an excuse as to why I'm dating Isaac. He's in the NFL. He has money. He went to college. He graduated from Notre Dame. You can find as many excuses as you want, but you finding excuses is you being a fucking racist. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. It's just, I talk to him, Big Al. Isaac gets uncomfortable when I swear because he does not swear, but. I I actually don't. It's crazy. <laughs> he really does. Okay. <sighs> we should make a video where I fake swear and there's, and there's bleep words. Because people would be like, Yo, Ike, are you good? <laughs> Moving on, Isaac. That's funny. Okay, last question. Who is it? Caitlin. Big Caitlin. How you doing, Big Caitlin? What do you say now? Um, And I don't think I even know the answer to this question. So mm. I'm a little bit interested. And I think this is going to... Uh, 
a good question to end. Allie, Allie's... <laughs> go ahead. You, I can just see the scheme on your face. No. You want to hear my answer. You've read the question before. No, there, there's no scheme. It's like an intense question, actually. But I, I would love to hear about this because I've, we've never talked about this before. Or at least not like in depth. Go ahead. Has Isaac ever been picked on by the police because of his skin color? And if so, what was the situation? Oh, multiple times. I, I mean, I'll tell you guys two stories. So one was when I first got to Notre Dame. So I got to Notre Dame, and we're talking about this was probably my first week there. Uh, I was borrowing one of my good friend's cars, and I went to go get a bike. That was one. Brought the bike back. Bike broke. I had to bring it back to Walmart to return. I'm I'm like, I uh, what's the word? I like harp on things, and I keep talking about them. So it was in my mind. So I went at like 8 o'clock at night. I was like, I got to return this bike. So I'm going to return the bike. One of my friends came with me who's also black. And we were going like 40 and a 35, like easy to speed. We're also barely going over. And we get stopped by the police officer. And this dude is like as rude as you can get. Like it really didn't even have a reason to stop us. And I just remember being so scared. I remember my friend freaking out, being like, bro, we're about to go to jail. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? We're going 40 and a 35. We're just going to get a ticket and keep going. He's like, no, I don't feel good about this. So that stressed me out. And then this dude comes up. He's super rude. And he's like, bro, I told you this wasn't going to be good. And then this dude gives me a ticket. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, just call call this court number. Dude's already being rude. And he's like, call this court number and you can pay your ticket, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, so I just call that number like right here. And he's like, really? You go to Notre Dame. He was like, you don't know when to call and who to call. This dude was literally going off on me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. I just like, I just want to pay the ticket as soon as possible. He's like, and then he kept going on the same thing. He goes, really? You go to Notre Dame and you don't know that a courthouse is closed right now. Really? You go to Notre Dame and you don't know that. I'm like. Wow, that dude was rude. In my mind, it's just part of like what happens as a black man dealing with a police officer. I'm just happy that I'm safe and leaving. My boy's like, man, I'm glad that didn't escalate. Anybody white who would have dealt with that situation would have said it escalated. But he's like, man, I'm glad it didn't escalate. Second one was here in Huntington Beach. I got pulled over by a police officer. As I always do, I turned on all my dome lights. So I put my hands on the steering wheel. And I'm like, why? I was like, why are you stopping me? And I usually don't ask that. But in this case, I really had no reason to be getting stopped. He didn't answer my questions. He went and ran my tags. And he was asking me all these questions about where I'm from, why I'm here. And I'm like, officer, why am I getting stopped? He never actually gave me a reason why I was getting stopped. And he said, what are you doing? And I go, I'm going to dinner. I just worked out. I want to go to Green Tomato. Well, I said I was going to dinner. Then he said, where are you going to dinner? And I said, I'm going to Green Tomato. Whatever. No reason to stop me. Didn't give me a ticket. Didn't tell me why he was stopping me. He just goes, all right, have a nice night. I go to Green Tomato. He followed me all the way to Green Tomato and ate at the place next door, supposedly. The point is, why would he have stopped? He had no reason to stop me. Didn't didn't even give me a ticket. So he didn't, didn't do anything. I mean, like, And no just ticket, followed no. me all the way to where I was eating. So that's just two examples. And then every time when I got stopped when I was growing up, these cops were so rude. But yeah, those are the two examples. That's in that's two examples like probably, mm-hmm. like it's recently. And I'm going to ask this question because I'm sure some of like I can just hear people being curious about this. 
do you think because you are an NFL player that has gone into play when you like talk to police officers? Me saying I'm in the NFL? Mm-hmm. I pull the card. I pull the card for sure. Sad thing is about humans is. Did you just hear that firework? These fireworks have been going ham in Huntington Beach. Sad thing is about humans. Some people, when you tell them you play in the NFL, they want to try to like end your career. And some people are like, all right, we'll let you off. Both cases, it's not necessarily right. But um, I pull the card just because I think that they will be less likely to be rude and make an irrational decision knowing that they would be way more exposed if they did. So I don't necessarily use it to take advantage of a police officer. I use it to even the playing field. With, with what a white man's experience would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I totally understand, like, why you would do that. I think it's unfortunate that, like, that ha- it has to come to that to, like, oh, like, but my profession, like, like understand what my profession is before you, like, make any sudden movements, before well, you make any decisions in your head. Yeah, I think it's like, boy, know where I, know, like, I have, like, a whole league of people behind me. Mm-hmm. If you make a bad decision, you're going to get exposed. So it's, it's again, it's to even the playing field. Isaac and I have only been in the car once while he's gotten pulled over. <laughs> Remember Arizona? I mean, the- but <laughs> it, it's, I think it's eye opening for me because I have gotten stopped once in my life. And you cry. I don't know why I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I've only gotten stopped once in my life and I, started crying and I rolled down the window and the cop asked me, are you okay? And I said, yes. He goes, you were speeding, um, like 45 to 35 zone. And I was like, I'm sorry. I've just never been pulled over before. And he was like, you know what? Like, okay, have a good day. Didn't check my license. Didn't check anything. That's never, well, I'm sitting there for 30 minutes waiting on my stuff to come back. And, and then the first time or the first and only time I've ever been in the car while Isaac was driving and got pulled over, was in Arizona a few months ago. And it was just, I mean, looking back now, it's eye-opening because Isaac rolled down all of the windows, <laughs> the back windows, enough. the front windows. He turned on all of the lights. He put his wallet and his phone up on the front dashboard. He put his hands on the wheel. And it was very like, you don't have time to have emotions. You have to follow these rules or else you could die. Like you could get shot. Your life could be endangered. And that's where you have to realize white privilege. Like the it's, it's the, we're not the like black lives matter movement. Isn't fighting because of one man. It is fighting because of a lifestyle, because of a like constant fear, constant struggle. And I think that's what people are forgetting right now. Like they're thinking about the protests they're thinking about the looting. They're thinking about like only George Floyd, but like, it's not one situation and it is so much bigger than that. It is a lifestyle. And like, I, I am an ally. I want to fight as much as I possibly can to show people like, this isn't one, like, this isn't a one-time thing. This is like forever. This is, we are fighting for forever. We are fighting for a better world for equal rights. Like we are fighting for like, I mean, it feels like we're fighting for everything. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think, uh, I, I think, I think 
just by listening. If you're at this point in the podcast, I think you get the point. I, I think they get the point. Well, that we're also out of questions, so like you have to get the point at this point. <laughs> well, you don't have a choice. We got Allie the ally and Ike the pony. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I, like, we are, like, eventually going to talk about other topics, like, regarding relationships on this podcast, but I will always advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement. I will always be talking about, like, racial injustices. I will always be talking about, like, equal rights. I will always be talking about this because I have a platform and I want to advocate. I want to promote. I want to, like, be the voice. If you guys hear anything throughout your day regarding, like, race, I want it, I want it to be a good one. I want it to be me. So, like, if you guys have any questions... I would say feel free to reach out to Isaac to you can me. Hit me up too. I'll, I'll literally just I'll type an answer for you if you hit me up and then sliding DMs. I'll answer your question for sure. Hey, if you're a thirsty thought, thought stay the frick out of the DMs. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, but we are open talking to you guys. Like, I would love to educate, advocate. I know I'm not perfect. I don't speak it for all white people. Isaac doesn't speak for all mixed people or all black people or all half white people like we can't speak on everybody's behalf but what we can do is we can help educate and if you want to challenge us maybe I can go and educate myself some more so we just think this is the healthiest way to talk about something like this and in the future I know tons of people are like curious about how Isaac feels different being mixed in America that's what it's crazy. It's, I don't I, know if I you knew that, but like a lot of people extra are very curious and they like want you to talk about that in a full podcast. We, I could sit down and when I tell you I could talk for days about what it's like being mixed in America, you have people have no idea what it's like. And that's why this whole he's saying perceived as black. I'm like, bro, you don't understand like the identity crisis that every mixed person has. Another conversation. We're big chilling though. I think y'all get the point. But at this point, this has been our longest podcast yet. But by a landslide, we're at an hour sixteen. Oh my god! There are some points that I have to cut out, so you guys probably don't see an hour sixteen. But anyways, um, we appreciate you guys listening in. Um, we we appreciate you guys because I know we have like a great strong following on our podcast and our in, on my YouTube. And we appreciate you guys so much. And if you guys want to have uncomfortable conversations or topics of discussion, you can reach out to us. I I will say that at least from my perspective, like if you want to have an uncomfy situation or topic Mm. conversation, like anything, Hey, I'm open. My DMS are open. We can talk and I'm not going to expose you unless you're being like, we won't expose you. We want to hear the good and the bad. I guess, yeah. And when I say the bad, you, boy, you're getting exposed. <laughs> All right, we're no. done. We're not going to, we're ranting right now. We, I, we appreciate you guys listening. Y'all are real. We're done. Shout out to shout out, shout out to shout out. Babe in the ponytail <laughs> podcast. All right, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye.